It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me this week, as always, is Josh Schaefer. I'm your host, Blake Harris. Josh, it's been a few weeks since our latest episode with uh, the one and only at Jerry Hairston Jr. So that was a fun episode. So if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to go check that out. But it's been probably three to four weeks since we actually recorded an episode just strictly talking about the Dodgers because there's just, you know, when you're not playing postseason baseball... There's not a whole lot you can talk about, but we're back. A lot of news to get to. Before we get to all the latest Dodgers news, Josh, how are you doing over there in beautiful Pasadena? Oh, it's great, man. I made myself a cup of coffee this morning. Um, I had myself a massive breakfast burrito, and only half of it because, you know, if you know the place I'm talking about, you can only eat half of it. Um, So we'll save the other half for later. But good, man. A lot of work recently, so... Um, that's been contributing to things. That's why the voice is a little wonky at the moment, but, um, we're good to go, man. And and we're finally getting a little bit of Dodgers news out and uh, it's time to talk about it. Yeah. So a lot of Dodgers news, we're not going to be able to get to all of it today. So we're going to talk about half the news today, save the other half for sometime later this week. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And maybe in our next episode, there's going to be more Dodgers news that uh, we can talk about. So before we dive deep into everything that's happened with the Dodgers over the last week and what potentially can happen this week, because it's going to be a pretty hectic week, we expect, make sure to follow Inside the Ravine on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, and you guys can find us on YouTube at Inside the Ravine. And you guys can also listen wherever you guys get your podcast. This is brought to you by Odyssey Sports. So listen to us on the Odyssey app or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. But Josh, before we talk about the latest Dodgers, Dodgers news. There is something actually pretty important that we need to talk about that is actually oh, more significant than any Dodgers news we're going to get this offseason. And entering the show, we were talking about whether or not we wanted to do a draft, but we decided because there's so much Dodgers news to get to, we don't really want to have too long of an episode with the draft. So we're going to save it for a few episodes down the line. But one of the topics of discussion in regards to the draft was, uh, potential Christmas movies, potential Christmas songs, the best. And I thought that'd be a very fun draft. But Josh was very adamant about not doing the draft. And Josh, why did you not want to do a draft in regards to the best Christmas Christmas movies and the best Christmas songs? It is November 14th. I refuse to talk Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. I straight up refuse. You're not going to hear Christmas music in this apartment. My girlfriend could could literally do Christmas music all year long. Absolutely not. I refuse. It, I, 
Christmas music is fine. I enjoy the holidays. I'm all about it. I like the Christmas tree. In fact, I like the Christmas tree so much that when I when I lived at home growing up, my mom is the type of person that's like, yeah, let's put the Christmas tree up the day after Christmas. Not only is it down, it is in the wood chipper, and I will dance on top <laughs> of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want it up. We can leave it up until, you know, beginning of January. Like, let it live its course, and then we'll take it down. I- I'm all about Christmas is great. Holidays are great. I will not listen to Christmas music around this apartment. I will not put up a Christmas tree. I will not start wrapping any gifts or anything like that until the day after Thanksgiving. It's not going to happen. One holiday at a time. Like people talk, people lump. It seems like people lump Halloween and Thanksgiving together or they lump Thanksgiving and Christmas together. And quite frankly, like I know people who have been ready for Christmas music before Halloween. And it's like, it is October 14th. Like, no, I'm not doing this. If if college football season is still is not even at the midway point, we're not listening to Christmas music. We're not. Can't do it. If the World Series is still being played, I'm not listening to it. Like that's just it. I'm not doing that. Winter is coming, obviously, no pun intended, but winter is coming. We'll get there. Just let us get there in peace, please. Yeah, so as Josh is uh... I'm going to walk into that room and play our <laughs> Christmas music. I I I will quit. Mm-mm, yeah, so as as Josh as Josh is passionately uh discussing his hatred for Christmas anything prior to Thanksgiving. For those that are watching on YouTube, you might be able to see, but for those that are likely listening and wherever you get your podcast, not only am I wearing a Christmas t-shirt, I have my Christmas tree right behind me, already set up, lights, decorations, everything on. I got my sports tree over there that has a bunch of sports ornaments. We've been listening to Christmas music for well over a week now, and we are already in the holiday tree. Now, Josh, I will say I used to be just like you. Years ago, I was part of your kind. I didn't believe in anything Christmas until Black Friday. Black Friday was the official kickoff for me. But as many fellows out there might know, once you get a girlfriend, you know, a lot of the times... She might have the upper say, Josh. I'm sure you can attest to this. They have the upper say with a lot of things. And yeah. one of the things they had, that she had the upper say with when we moved in with you know our brand new apartment was on November 1st, it's Christmas time. No. I was against it. I was against it year one. But after you know getting all the Christmas stuff up, getting in the holiday cheer in early November, it just extends me being happy for two months, Josh. It extends just happiness. It extends the cheer. I mean, again, trees up, lights are up. I can wear Christmas stuff. I can listen to Christmas music. We've been watching some some Christmas movies. We watched oh, no. uh, some Netflix one the other night with Lindsay Lohan. Apparently, she's back. It was fantastic. Last night, we watched A Bad Mom's Christmas. I Apparently, that's an actual thing. Are you a thing. Hallmark movie guy? I wasn't, but I am I am now. Oh, Last year great. I was introduced. Josh, you are you are missing out on some They're fantastic. All the same. They are all the same. That's something I actually asked my girlfriend. I said, at what point did Christmas movies become like rom coms? Because like all the best Christmas movies are like, you know, Christmas movies. Christmas vacation, a Christmas story, elf, all the good ones. Those are Christmas movies. At what point, Josh, did we say later with just Christmas in general? And we're just going to make any Christmas-associated movie dealing with a couple that goes through something awful and then they end up falling in love. Like, at what point do we make that switch where every Christmas movie has to be a rom-com? But I'll, I'm I'm also not complaining because they are fantastic. Oh, no. No, see, uh, uh, you know what? I can live with Christmas music. Music. I, I'm good with Christmas music. Not right now. I'm good with Christmas movies. Not right now. 
the Hallmark movies, man, those are all the same. They My are. mother used to watch those. I'm sure she still does, but I wouldn't know, I guess. Um, when I lived at home, it'd be like, I would walk in and she's watching a Hallmark movie. I'm like, oh God, it's just another Hallmark movie. They're all the same. And she's like, it's a Christmas Hallmark movie. I'm like, it's April. Like, what are we doing? Like, why? They're, and they're all the same. Oh no, they go back to the hometown. But then the guy, it, it doesn't, it's not going to work out. But oh no, they decide that they're going to. And then together they help light the town Christmas tree. It's like, God. You're actually describing the Lindsay, Lohan, the Lindsay Lohan movie I watched the other day. Where they fall in love, they light the Christmas tree. There's conflict. That's what I'm saying. And then they fall back in love and end up together. It's, it's beautiful. Every year, it's every movie. God, for now, I, I will love say, Josh, did you and Clayton Kershaw's contract? Stop making that movie. Did you watch the movie last year on Netflix, Love Hard, with uh, your number one celebrity crush? No. Who are we talking about? I don't know. It's like the girl from like the Vampire Diaries. I think I forget what her name is. No, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm gonna look it up. Let's yeah, look, look up. at the movie Love Heart. I forget what her name is. According to uh, my girlfriend, she's your celebrity crush, how and does, it's a fantastic how does she movie. Know that? Because for some reason, you brought it up. I think at one point. Really? But, yeah, I forget what her name is, but it's a fantastic movie that Love I highly Heart. recommend on Netflix. It's oh, fantastic. Uh, Jimmy Yang, that's my celebrity crush. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Of course, a lighthearted romantic comedy chronicles her attempt in love. An LA girl, unlucky in love, falls for an East Coast. Oh no, I can't watch this. It's I so good. But it's it's your girl. It's oh, your girl. It so I thought I'd recommend it, it. She is. She's great. So there you go. So there's there's our spiel on a Christmas. But uh, once we finish recording, the music will be back on, and I'll mm. be trying to I'll be trying to decide what Christmas movie we will be uh, watching tonight. So oh, enough Christmas talk, but let us know on social media. Let us know what your thoughts are on Christmas before Black Friday or, uh, or again. Are you on Team Josh or are you on Team Blake? We'll talk about that. But Josh, let's actually get to some Dodgers talk because uh, there's a lot to get to. And the most important piece of news and entering the offseason, you know, I think this was when we did an episode about a month ago, like questions entering the offseason. This was at the top and it was what happens with Clayton Kershaw. He was going to be a free agent, didn't know if he was going to return, didn't know if he was going to retire, didn't know what was going to happen with him. Last offseason, if you guys remember, the Dodgers didn't extend him a qualifying offer because they wanted to give him time to pretty much decide what he wanted to do with his future. Obviously, the lockout happened and he still hadn't made a decision yet, so we were kind of waiting for months wondering what would happen with Clayton Kershaw. Last week was the deadline for qualifying offers. Once again, the Dodgers opted not to give Clayton Kershaw a qualifying offer because there's a deadline. And once again, we're probably all thinking, okay, it's probably going to take him a month or two maybe to decide what exactly it is he wants to do for his future. And literally, Josh, maybe four or five hours after the qualifying offer deadline, we got reports from a bunch of you know highly trusted people saying Clayton Kershaw is going to be back with the Dodgers. Now, this was last Thursday, and we're recording this on Monday, so as of right now, the move hasn't been made official quite yet. I don't know if that's because the Dodgers are waiting to make their 40-man roster decisions, and that way they know where the roster stands, but barring some, you know, change of heart or something massive like that it looks like Clayton Kershaw will be back and I think it's reported that's going to be another one-year deal I think it's going to be close to 20 million dollars something like that so Josh we don't have to wait a few more months uh and worry about Clayton Kershaw returning because it looks like he's back which is yeah, fantastic news 
He's certainly not going to drag it out as long as he did last year is what it seems like. But yeah, Clayton Kershaw back. All the reports say one year. A couple of the players have already chimed in. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of you know a relief as well to see that there there is some validity to it, um, especially with the players coming in, um, obviously beyond the the reports from, from good sources. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good to see uh, Clayton Kershaw nearing the one-year deal with the Dodgers. Um, that kind of gives off the uh, the impression that it is at this point going to be that one year, one year, one year kind of thing um, for as long as that lasts, whether this is his last season, um, whether the Dodgers win the world series or not. Um, so I feel like it's kind of giving off that impression at this point. Um, but also, you know, it seems like they are closing in on that one year deal. That's also supposed to be similar, like contract wise last year, it was 17 million for one year. Um, and, my guess is that it's around that same that same number this year. Yeah, I mean, this was something he talked about where pretty much he's going to take this year by year moving forward because he doesn't want to sign a three- or four-year contract and be kind of tied in. He wants to play the season out, see how things go, and see if he's ready to go. And I think following the conclusion of the season, he pretty much said, I still love playing. Like, and again, he said in the past, he doesn't want to keep playing where he's not as productive as he once was. He kind of wants to go out on top. And he said, I'm still at the top of my game. It's just a matter of how are these injuries going to take a toll on me. And obviously, he's a huge family guy. I think he has like four kids now. And living in Texas, that is difficult. But yeah, it looks like as of right now, he's going to be back. And again, this is, you know, legacy aside, it's great having Clayton Kershaw return for another season. I think. If he returns next season, it's going to be year 16. So spending 16 or 16 seasons in any organization is massive. But it's the fact, Josh, that when he pitched last year, Clayton Kershaw was still one of the 5 to 10 best pitchers in the entire National League. Lowest ERA in a season in which he made, you know, more than 20 starts since 2017 in which he was second in the Cy Young. His numbers across the board were pretty much the best they've been since 2017. So again, you're not getting a guy that is a Dodger forever. You're going to retire his number, you know, when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. For the Dodgers starting rotation that has a lot of question marks, you're adding a pretty solid piece that at least now kind of helps solidify the starting rotation for 2023. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you anticipate some guys being out at the start of the season as well, or kind of looking at who is returning for sure and who is not. And of course, that'll take us into some other news later or on a different show, um, you know, with with Tyler Anderson, for example. Um, and then obviously Walker Bueller had the injury and, and the offseason surgery and things like that. So, uh, you know, bringing back Clayton Kershaw is not just bringing back you know, your franchise pitcher that is going to be someone who's in the Hall of Fame one day, and this is like a last hurrah. Right now, Clayton Kershaw, with the way that he pitched last year, is still one of the best arms in baseball, and he's right now the best arm on this staff, at least, you know, the the staff that you have an idea of what you're going to have next year. Um, So it is adding a a big arm to that rotation, um, and I think it helps give a little bit more clarity um, going into the offseason because we are still at the beginning of all this, like, start a free agency, start of the offseason. The World Series just ended, and you've already got a top arm allegedly coming back here. So I think that's what's most important about it. Yeah, I'm very interested to see, you know, if he does end up, you know, officially making the announcement and the Dodgers sign him. I'm interested to see if he does come out and actually, you know, say this is most likely going to be my final season. Because, again, this past year, was a lot of Dodger fans were like, 
he might be back, he might not be back, do we really want to soak this in, how do we treat this season, because the way he was kind of acting this year, doing all these interviews, you know, live games, something we've never seen before, a lot of people said, like, on the days he started, he wasn't, like, the angriest person in the world anymore, you could actually talk to him, and so because of that, a lot of people were like, maybe he is quietly planning on retiring, and he just doesn't want to tell anybody, so at the end of the day, maybe he'll be back for another year, you know, in 2024, but I'm interested to see if he ends up, uh, I know, again, making that announcement. Like, hey, this is going to be my final ride, or maybe he kind of keeps it in the back burner. But, yeah, I, again, personally, Josh, I was just shocked that we got the news this quickly. Because, like I said at the beginning, I thought this would be something that would drag out. So, what were your thoughts when you just, again, got the notification that it was this this soon that he'd be returning? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. Um, I, I'm not surprised that he is coming back to the Dodgers. I am surprised that we got it this early. I mean, that, that's yeah. pretty much it for me. I mean, I just did not think we were going to get that news so quickly. I thought that if that the news that we would get would be things that were like, you know, some of the other news that we get, like, oh, the Dodgers have, like, not tendered Danny Duffy or extended the qualifying yeah. <laughs> offer to Danny Duffy. And that's the news that I was expecting. So when you start to see these Dodgers updates and you start to hear different things and it's not about, yeah. you know, some of the smaller transactions of a player not receiving a qualifying offer, but instead that, you know, your franchise player and top pitcher, at least going into next season is coming back this quickly. It was a little bit surprising. Yeah. Good. Good to see that his decision was pretty much already made. He does have some interesting milestones that he potentially can uh, get to next season. He's three wins shy of 200 wins, which nowadays in baseball, a pitcher reaching 200 wins seems nearly impossible. Like, I don't know what the active list looks like. There might be a pitcher or two that's been around for 15 or 20 years that might be close, but a pitcher getting 200 wins, that's that's a big deal nowadays. Years ago, 300 wins would be the big deal. Now it's 200 wins, and 5 or 10 years from now, it might be like 150 wins that's the big deal. And this is the big one, though, Josh. He enters the season 193 strikeouts away from surpassing 3,000 career strikeouts. So, obviously, 193, that's a number he definitely can get to. But looking at his recent numbers, Josh, the last time he had more than 193 strikeouts in a season was 2017, the year I talked about that he was second in Cy Young voting. He misses, you know, multiple starts every season. I think I crunched the numbers a while back where it's something like if he were to make 25 starts, he would need like 7.7 strikeouts per outing. So... Again, a lot can happen in 2023, but the 3,000 strikeout mark, do you think uh, he has the chance to reach that? I think, you know, of course I think he does, but I, you know, I I don't know. I mean, that's a lot. So, I mean, you look yeah, I'm at looking, where he was. I mean, see. He made, he's yeah, made 22 he, starts each of the last two years, so that means he would fall short of the 25. So, based on my uh, Arizona State math, Josh, which is essentially... Wait, how many does he need? Into a, he needs 193. Yes, yeah, so he needs 193. The last time he had over that was 2017. He had yeah. 189 in 2019. That's pretty close. That is close. So if he makes 22 starts, which again, he's made tw exactly 22 starts each of the last two years, he would need 8.77 strikeouts per outing. So mm, nine, nine strikeouts an outing. Again, that's not strikeouts per nine. That's if he's going, you know, five, six innings. So... It's definitely doable if he's able to make maybe 26, 27, 28 starts, he can reach it. But it's going to be an interesting thing to follow because 3,000 strikeouts is a pretty big milestone. And 
he's he's going to be close. I, I think he ends up coming up just shy, just because I do think he's probably due to miss you know ten starts or so with injury. But some fun storylines to follow, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other random ones where if he reaches this amount of innings or this amount of strikeout to walk ratio or this with his whip. I'm sure there's a bunch, but uh, more incentive to watch Clayton Kershaw this upcoming season. But Josh, any uh, final words on Clayton before we uh, move on to another pitcher who might be back next season? Yeah, well, you know, he hit that uh, Dodgers milestone uh, against who, Blake? Well, against uh, the Detroit Tigers and one uh, Arizona State alum, Spencer Torkelson. Yes, correct. Go State. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it could have been something amazing like future Hall of Famer Miguel Cabrera. Instead, no, it's just uh, Spencer Torkelson. Nah, because I was it. on the air that, that day. I sent you a Snapchat of it, too. On the yeah. air <laughs> in Henderson, Nevada for a game. And uh, was added up on my computer. And as soon as Tork came up, I thought, oh, man, here it is. <laughs> so there you go. There's your uh, history for the day. Whenever you're in a bar and someone asks, who was Clayton Kershaw's strikeout to... Uh, Put him in Dodgers history, number one overall pick in Arizona State alum, Spencer Tarkelson. But, Josh, we might have another decision on a Dodgers starting pitcher 24 hours from the time of this recording, and that's Tyler Anderson. The Dodgers extended him a qualifying offer last week, which I believe is one year for, I think, 19 point six five million dollars which is a lot of coin i believe josh if you were to take tyler anderson's career earnings add them up all together i don't think they reach 19.65 million so i believe the deadline is tomorrow at 1 p.m uh tuesday the 15th tyler anderson can either accept the qualifying offer come back to the dodgers for one year at just under 20 million or he could decline it and he'll enter free agency so I'm very conflicted on this because you have Tyler Anderson who signed for one year, $8 million last season, had by far the best season of his career, was an all-star, put up some of the best numbers in the National League. He'll be getting Cy Young votes. Getting $20 million is a fantastic payout grade. I mean, he's making double of what he'd be making last year, but this is a guy where he might have earned a two or three year deal from another team where he could get three years for $45 million. So it's certainly an interesting decision for him to make. Josh, obviously a lot can happen over the next 24 hours. We don't know exactly what's going on with Tyler Anderson and his family, but looking at this, you know, without the decision coming quite yet, what's your gut or what's your prediction on uh, what Tyler Anderson decides to do? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I think the money plays a big part in it. Um, And I think that maybe trying to lock, I mean, seriously, nothing. I mean, no disrespect to Tyler Anderson in this case, but I mean, last year was a career year and it's not close. 257 ERA in a career high 178 innings. He had 138 strikeouts. Like he was awesome last year. Um, And he hasn't had a year really come anywhere close to that in his career. And he's been playing since 2016. Um, So given that he's 32, given that he's coming off the best year of his career, is this a situation where, all right, you want to accept the Dodgers offer and you want to go back and play for the Dodgers? Or do you want to try to go elsewhere? Maybe where you're not going to be the number, hypothetically, the number three or four guy on the Dodgers staff despite having an, having an amazing season, maybe you're the number two to start the year. You're probably the number three, um, you know, or do you go somewhere else where you can get guaranteed money where you're going to get guaranteed years on your contract um, and be the guy somewhere else. I think that's something to consider. Um, I, 
I don't know what I predict necessarily, but it's something to think about because if the Dodgers can get him back with that qualifying offer, I think that's a win for the Dodgers. I think it's a win for Tyler Anderson, but I think if you were to go somewhere else that there's that opportunity to kind of maximize that potential and maximize that contract um, somewhere else, as opposed to just being in LA considering that the Dodgers just did the qualifying offer. It'd be different if the Dodgers didn't extend the qualifying offer um, and then tried to sign him a different way, but I don't think the Dodgers want to do that. Yeah, the interesting thing with Tyler Anderson is it's the fact that he's going to be 33 next season, and like I mentioned, he is. I mean, if he accepts the qualifying offer, he'll make more money next season than all of his previous years in the big leagues combined. Now, granted, you know he made eight million last season. That could probably set most of us up for life. So it, you know, money's a factor, but it's not like it's a make or break thing. But getting 20 million dollars when you you know have career earnings of 13, 14 million. It's not like he's made 50, 100 million in the past. Like, this would be a huge payday for him. Or, like you said, do you get an even bigger payday, but you're potentially going to a team that's not going to be competing? You might be going to a different situation. Whereas here with the Dodgers, you know what your role is going to be. You're going to be, like you said, the number three, maybe like the number four starter based on how things shape out. And you're going to be getting a very good payday. And then next season, Josh, if he has another solid season, he can still probably get that two or three year deal. So I'm I'm like 50-50 where I don't know because you can make the case for either side. If he declines the qualifying offer, obviously the Dodgers can come and say, again, here's, you know, three years for $45 million where he's not making as much per year. But like you said, you're getting that guaranteed money that would be more significant than the one year deal. So I'm hopeful that the Dodgers bring him back because he was a unit this past season. I don't think he was on the injured list once, so he was a guy that you could rely on every fifth day, and he was the Dodgers' best starter in the NLDS, as tough it is, you know, as it is to remember from a month ago, but he was their best starter in the postseason. He stepped up when it mattered most, so like I said, 24 hours right, right now, we'll have an idea as to what he's going to do, but looks like, Josh, we're both kind of a uh, same thing, 50-50 kind of up in the air in regards to what Tyler Anderson does. Yeah, I would love to see the Dodgers bring him back, though. I mean, I think that he's a huge yeah. asset to them moving forward, especially after the year that he had this year, especially knowing that you're going to be maybe a little bit shorthanded at the front end of the game starting next year. So I, I think that he'd be a great option. Um, and then even even if, you know, something happens where maybe he's not going to be a go-to starter anymore, I think that the fact that he can be used in a different situation, I think that the Dodgers can use him differently next year if they need to. Um, hopefully yeah. they don't have to. But I think they could, too, and I think he'd be huge for that. Now, Josh, there is another player that the Dodgers extended a qualifying offer to. Are we feeling confident that Trey Turner accepts his one-year $19 million contract, or do we think he uh, enters free agency with the hopes of getting $300 million? Yeah, I don't think the, <laughs> that he accepts his, accepts his uh, qualifying offer. Um, <laughs> no I, I hope don't, there. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't yeah. think that that happens. Yeah, there's there's a probably 0.004% chance that happens. But hey, maybe maybe uh, you know, for some reason he uh makes a mistake when declining it. He uh, texts Freeman, "Yes, I accept," instead of saying, "No, I decline." So, but Trey Turner, he was also offered a qualifying offer, so we'll see if he accepts or declines, but he's most likely going to decline. We're going to take a quick break, but Josh, when we come back, there's a lot of potential movements that can happen on the 40-man roster over the next 24 hours. Not in regards to Kershaw, not in regards to Tyler Anderson or Trey Turner. What potentially can it be? Hey, it's Kate. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Josh, we are back. And like I mentioned, 24 hours from right now, we are going to have a lot of Dodgers news to potentially talk about. And again, it's not in regards to Tyler Anderson, not in regards to Clayton Kershaw. But it's in regards to Rule 5 draft decisions. Now, for those of you out there that might not be too familiar with what the Rule 5 draft is, I have a quick explainer right here. So essentially, teams must add prospects who are eligible for the Rule 5 draft to the 40-man rosters by Tuesday, November 15th, to keep them out of the Rule 5 draft pool. Now, in December, there is something called a Rule 5 draft, which essentially it allows clubs without a full 40-man roster to select certain non-40-man roster players from other clubs. Clubs draft in reverse order of the standings from the previous season. Players signed at age 18 or younger need to be added to their club's 40-man roster within five seasons or they become eligible for the Rule 5 draft. And players who are signed at age 19 or older need to be protected within four seasons. Now, Josh, this is a big deal for the Dodgers because they have a number of prospects that 100% need to be added to the 40-man roster. This includes Diego Cartaya, who is the consensus number one Dodgers prospect, one of the top prospects in all of baseball. He needs to be protected, and we need to protect former Chatham angler Michael Bush, because if he's not yes. protected, Josh uh, Josh actually might go off the rail this time with another Chatham A leaving the Dodgers. And there's some other really solid names like Andy Pajes, Jose Ramos, guys that are lower in the minor league system, but have the potential to be potentially you know top 50 prospects in all of baseball. So, Josh, those are the four names that I mentioned. There's probably 15 to 20. 20 other names out there the Dodgers could protect, but those are the four popular ones. So that's four roster spots that the Dodgers are going to have to create for the 40-man roster, assuming they add those names included. So if they add those names, all of a sudden, when you're talking about Clayton Kershaw potentially coming back, Tyler Anderson potentially coming back, not to mention all the other free agent moves the Dodgers have to make this offseason, it's going to be a very interesting thing to follow tomorrow to see who the Dodgers, in fact, protect that they want to uh, keep moving forward that could potentially make an impact on the team in 2023. I'll actually tell you right now, there's a second Chatham angler that needs to be protected in there. Oh, no, and that is, is, it? Uh, is it? Jeff Belge. He's a pitcher. Oh, um, he's been playing in, in w- with Great Lakes. So he also needs to be protected. Um but there's a lot of big names in there too. Obviously, Cody Hosey's in there. Johnny DeLuca's in there too. Um, yeah. I, I know that. I, so MLB.com, MLB.com actually said that. Um, uh, where where is this? Um, hang on, sorry, I'm looking for it. They said that Ryan Ward actually is somebody that the Dodgers need to ask questions about. Um, Ryan Ward's an outfielder, um, and that's one where I think that. When it comes to the Dodgers, I mean, you've got all of these other right now, right now, um, you've got all these other outfielders that you've kind of seen come in and make their debuts for the Dodgers already. Um, And somebody like Ryan Ward, uh, an an outfielder, can also play infield, hasn't really done done 
too much in the minors. He's He's been up to double A. But right now, that's a guy where you pick him in the eighth round. And what do you want to do? I mean, he's a relatively high round pick, um, but he hasn't really gotten a sniff yet. And other players have. So what do you do in that situation? Now, I think a lot of people maybe haven't even heard of Ryan Ward, but that's kind of what this draft does. Um, and I think that he's a good player to kind of include in this mix because that's why you have this draft of somebody who was a relatively high round pick. I mean, eighth round, so high enough um, to be considered a decent prospect, but, you know, hasn't really gotten a look from the Dodgers yet. So part of the reason why you have this draft. Um, but obviously I think the bigger names in there um, – uh, Cartaya, Bush, Hosey, those are more people that I think you might see get protected in this situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, and we'll have information by the next time we do a show too. We're, we're going to get a little bit more info on, on who's going to be there and who's not. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, like you mentioned, Ryan Ward, for example, this is a guy where in most organizations, he probably would be protected because last season, Josh, 24 yeah. years old, played in Tulsa. Had an OPS above 800, 28 home runs, 78 RBIs, 18 doubles. And, you know, this is a pretty solid prospect, but the Dodgers just don't have enough room. So they might yeah. choose to, you know, play it safe and protect him. Or, I again, the Rule 5 thing is confusing. I think if another team claims him, he has to be on the 40-man roster all season. And I think it's like if he doesn't get called up, and I don't think if he's like not, you know, getting service time for a certain amount of time. There's like a chance the Dodgers like, you know, get him back next season. There's a lot of like rules that I have to pretty much learn in regards to the rule five. But again, there, there are guys that you're not going to be able to protect because you don't want to have six or seven guys that are just wasting 40 man roster spots when you have a lot of valuable, you know, positions. So again, Cartaya, Bush, those are some guaranteed guys you absolutely need to protect. But even again, a guy I mentioned, Jose Ramos, I believe he was only in high A last season, only 21 years old, but he has, you know, probably some of the best power in the entire system. Maybe a team out there like the Rockies, maybe a team like the Pirates, they go, you know, we can take a chance on high upside guys that are 21 years yeah. old. They're only in high A, whereas the Dodgers, they can't necessarily do that. So a lot of tough decisions that are going to have to be made over the last 24 hours, which again might be why we haven't seen Clayton Kershaw have the move announced yet because we don't know what the 40 man's going to look like. And in regards to that, Josh, we might see potential trades that the Dodgers have to make because the Rays came out, I think it was today or yesterday, and they said, we have to trade a lot of people because we need to free up space on our roster. The Dodgers, yeah. again, they're not going to be blockbuster trades. They're not going to be trading for like superstar outfielders or anything like that, but they no. might have to trade a guy like Edwin Rios. They might have to trade a guy like a Jacob Amaya. They might have to trade or DFA a guy like Phil Bigford, maybe a guy like Justin Brule, guys that are fringe 40-man players that you don't think are going to have roles in 2023, but you got to trade them to free up roster space for some of these young guys that are coming in. Yeah, and that's what's tough, though, because these guys in the in the Rule 5 draft, like, um, for example, Ryan Ward, like we said, sometimes these are players where they might not have done enough to jump off a, a, a stat sheet to the average fan because the Dodgers aren't calling them up or the Dodgers aren't giving them a look. But it still doesn't mean that the Dodgers don't want to protect these guys. So, obviously, haven't seen Cartaya, haven't seen Bush, haven't seen Hosey, um, but these are all players that the Dodgers are going to want to protect. And they're likely going to have to make some room if they want to do that, which means that there are going to be some players that maybe we see some of these minor transactions with over the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, even another name like Johnny DeLuca, 
23 mm-hmm. years old last year, you know, made it up to double A Tulsa, but in 98 games last year, Josh, OPS of just below 900, hit 25 home runs, stole 17 bases, hit 22 doubles. Again, it's do you find a roster spot for him maybe in 2023 as like your fifth or sixth best outfield option? Or do you like take a chance in losing him to another team where it's just there are so many difficult decisions that the Dodgers are going to have to make? And this is why baseball is so great, but also so tough because there are so many little things that go into building a 40 man roster where there could be, again, a guy like Johnny DeLuca, Ryan Ward, guys that have 25 home run power. You're, you're just such a good team. You might not be able to protect them. So again, tomorrow's the deadline. So stay tuned for that because if the Dodgers don't add a bunch of guys, they might be making some minor trades. Again, not, nothing major, but you know, J- Justin Brule might be traded to the Baltimore Orioles for a 19-year-old prospect you've never heard of because they need to clear up one spot. So the Dodgers can look a lot different 24 hours from now, but that's why it's going to be nice having an episode later in the week where we can kind of talk about it. But Josh, how, how hopeful are you that uh, Michael Bush will be uh, a Dodger 24 hours from now? I'm hopeful. I, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, because obviously he's a, he's a guy that I got to watch quite a bit. Um, also shout out Johnny DeLuca, Thousand Oaks guy. Went to Agora High School and uh, went to Oregon too. He was actually on my reel for a while, my broadcast reel. Granted, it was for a bad reason, but he was on it. He was on it as a former ASU outfielder Gage Canning hit an inside the park home run past Johnny DeLuca. Um, that was on my reel for a while. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. Michael Bush is one of the Dodgers top guys right now. And I think that um, when it comes to protecting certain players, I think that there's four or five guys that that are probably going to be on that short list. And I think that he's one of them. Yeah. So again, something to uh, really keep an eye on over the next 24 hours in regards to the Dodgers adding them and in regards to them making potential trades. Now, obviously, again, maybe guys like Johnny DeLuca, Ryan Ward, if they're not selected, there's a chance when the Rule 5 draft happens in December, they don't even get selected because there are just other options at that point. So even yeah. if the Dodgers don't opt to protect them, there's still a chance that they can come back. They can still be in the Dodgers farm system, but it just goes to show how deep this Dodgers farm system is because even guys like Bobby Miller, uh, you know, he's not even eligible. I think until next season and he's likely Mm going to make an impact at some point in 2023. So he'll be at it at some point this year. So a lot of great players in the Dodgers organization to pretty much keep an eye on. But Josh, before we uh, wrap up this week's show, one more piece of news I want to talk about because I I don't want to save it for next week's or the next episode whenever we record that. And that's Justin Turner, because this is a pretty big move that uh, happened this past week, and that's the Dodgers declining Justin Turner's option for 2023. I think his option was for $16 million. They opted to buy him out for $2 million. I think it was expected. A lot of people were expecting the Dodgers to try to buy him out because although he was great in the second half, he's going to be, I think, 38 years old next season. His you know production is declining a bit, not really going to be an everyday third baseman. That's not someone you want to give $16 million to. So there's a chance that the Dodgers can work out something to bring him back on a much cheaper deal. Andrew Friedman has been very vocal, saying he hopes Justin Turner is at Camelback Ranch in Glendale when they start spring training in February. But obviously, in free agency, anything can happen. Teams can come with more money. So as of right now, again, we're still early in the process. What are your thoughts on one, the Justin Tur- or Dodgers declining Justin Turner's option, and two, what are your thoughts on what potentially happens with him uh, this offseason? Well, I will say this, and it's that um, Justin Turner did say that he would love to retire as a Dodger, um, yeah. and I, I think that 
Andrew Friedman has also said that not only is he hopeful that Justin Turner is at spring training, but but that they can get this wrapped up and and that he is in fact a Dodger, um, and sooner rather than later. So I I think that this is a deal, uh, or this is a, a a transaction that I think hopefully works out for the Dodgers and for Justin Turner in the long run. Um, figure out a deal that's good for both sides. Um, and obviously the way that I'm kind of looking at this is would love if this is a friendly deal to the Dodgers. And I think that it will be. Um, so the Dodgers obviously buy him out. Um, I, what was the buyout? It was $2 million, $2 million, yeah. $2 million in the, in the buyout. Um, and then on top of that, the chance to negotiate with him as a free agent. Um, I know that Friedman has said that it, it is a priority to bring him back, um, as a free agent. Um, and, and hopefully they can, they can work out a deal that is, um, good for both sides so that hopefully Justin Turner can retire as a Dodger. Now that's not to say that I don't think he could field offers from elsewhere. Um, and even offers that are really good for him from some other teams where he can still go in and be one of the guys, despite being 38, um, next season. Uh, I just think that on the Dodgers, is he going to have a huge impact on the team? I say, yes. Um, is he going to be an everyday player? Maybe not. And I think we started to see that a little bit this year, even though he was phenomenal in the second half of the season and he was, you know, the Justin Turner that people expected him to be. Um, But I still think that he could go elsewhere and have an even bigger impact, even if it's on a team that's probably not going to make a World Series push. Yeah, like you said, Josh, hopefully he takes a team-friendly deal. Even if he signs a one-year deal for $8 million, if you include his $2 million buyout, that's still saving the Dodgers $6 million, where it might not seem like a lot, but in an offseason where they did say we're trying to save money, we're trying to get our you know tax, you know whatever the luxury tax percentage that they have to pay is, they want to get that you know lower. So if they're able to save a couple million here, I think it'd be huge. And for Justin Turner, obviously he's earned the right to negotiate with other teams. If there are teams that want to give him a two or three year deal for $15, $20 million a year, then He's earned the right to take it. But at this point, like, yeah, no offense to him, but I don't know how many teams are going to want to be offering him a multi-year contract as he enters his age 38 season and having a guy like this in the clubhouse back in the city of Los Angeles. And again, the fact that, you know, he grew up a Dodgers fan. He's from LA. He's been here for, I don't know, seven or eight years now, Uh, maybe even close to a decade. It's been that long. So hopefully Justin Turner is willing to take, you know, a team-friendly deal. Hopefully he's able to return because like you said as well, Josh, he's probably not going to be the everyday player he once was. Miguel Vargas, he came up, he seems kind of like the future option at third base or potentially, you know, how the Dodgers get creative with Max Muncy. Maybe Michael Bush plays some third base. Who who knows what happens with the infield this season. But again, he's earned the right to negotiate with other teams. Hopefully he's back and hopefully he's back in Dodgers blue. But Josh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. And it seems like we haven't even gotten halfway through all the news that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But there's just so much news that's happened, so much that's going to happen this week. Again, we're going to have an episode later in the week on what happens tomorrow with the Rule 5 draft. If there's any notable trades that the Dodgers make over the next 24 hours, the Dodgers did actually make a signing last week for an unknown outfielder that we can talk about later. And looks like Blake Trinan might not pitch in 2023. So, a whole lot to get to later in the week, so make sure to stay tuned on social media and everything like that. But Josh, before we leave uh, this episode, any parting words, any uh, final thoughts in regards to the Dodgers as a whole and what we've seen the last couple of weeks and what we might see this week? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we're expecting a lot of things to kind of come out in these next couple of days. I think we're going to have tons of new info and maybe even some brand new topics to discuss on our next show, um, you know, in, in a few days time because of, you know, the timing of this show and the timing of the next show and the timing of everything else that's going on uh, news wise. Um, so really hoping that, um, you know, obviously we get to see certain guys protected um, and, and discuss them more because I think we're getting to a point where we are going to see kind of. I don't know about an influx, but we'll see more of these these prospects getting opportunities sooner yeah. rather than later, which is something I'm excited to see. And then obviously, um, it is still early in the offseason. The World Series just ended. Baseball just ended. But eventually, we're going to start having those those big-time free agent conversations again, like we have kind of hypothesized a little bit um, and, and things that we have been known to discuss in the offseason in the past and we've been known to see the Dodgers do in the past. So... Sooner rather than later, I think we're going to resume those conversations. Probably not on the next show, but it's probably not too far into the future either. Yeah, because again, the offseason's in full effect and people can sign. Players can sign. They can sign these mega deals. So hopefully for our sake, we can have them wait a month or so where we can actually talk about some of these potential superstar free agents signing with the Dodgers. But hey, if not, you guys can catch every episode of Inside the Ravine. Wherever you guys get your podcasts, we're on the Odyssey app brought to you by Odyssey Sports. You guys can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and find us on social media at Inside the Ravine, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search inside the ravine again lots of episodes coming in the coming weeks with a ton of dodgers news potentially whenever we record next a lot more dodgers news to talk about so definitely stay tuned for that and stay tuned for our christmas drafts that we cannot oh, uh, record until uh after thanksgiving so you better i, know, you I better know. have a christmas present for me wrapped on camera by the next time we show if you're that committed i want to yeah. see it <laughs> josh there are about five or six presents underneath the christmas tree currently Oh my God. Boy. But don't worry. None of them are from me. That's just because my girlfriend's really good at this kind of stuff okay. that she just really gets ahead of it. Apparently Fine. all of her shopping's done. I haven't even oh. started shopping. So, okay. Me yeah. neither. I was going to so say, at least that's good. Really bad. Yeah. Apparently my mom ended her shopping in October. That's how what? ahead she is. Yeah. So there are people wow. out there, Josh, but I actually, uh, as she put the fifth president under the tree yesterday, she said, how's your shopping going? I said, I gotta be honest with you. I haven't started, so we'll we'll uh, we'll get that underway. But definitely stay tuned for some Christmas drafts following Thanksgiving because that's what Josh says we have to wait. So make we sure to, to stay wait. tuned for that. Make sure to stay tuned for more Dodgers episodes. This has been Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening to Inside the Ravine. Enjoy the rest of your week wherever you may be.